to Tales of Panam, a Hunger Games podcast. My name is Claire, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm glad to have you all joining me this week. Make sure to check out my social media, which is at Tales of Panam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for updates, episode information, and more. It is the first week of the month, which means this week's episode is a character study episode, and this one is going to be about Gail Hawthorne. Um, I have been putting up this episode for a while. Uh, but I did promise that I would do it and I do want to do it because I've been kind of holding back some of my more like insightful thoughts on his character to talk about this week. Um, so I promise this is not just going to be a full episode of me talking about how much I hate him. I will give some actual like reasoning behind that, um, but I will actually have like thoughtful things to say. So don't worry. It's going to be a good one. Um, so I'm going to start with my little spiel about who this person is. Not that I'm sure we are already aware, but gonna do it anyway. So Gail Hawthorne was Katniss's best friend and hunting partner from District 12. When she was reaped for the 74th games, he stayed behind and looked after her family. He went on to fight with District 13 in the rebellion against the Capitol. He and Katniss eventually grew apart, and after the war, he moved to District 2 to work for the new government and military. Um, so my opening quote today is from Mockingjay. Both my quotes are from Mockingjay. Guys, I think we've all just accepted the fact at this point that like 99% of my quotes are going to be from Mockingjay. Um, like once we get into Ballad and I start doing some of those characters, I'll probably still find a way to make my quotes from Mockingjay. So, but anyway, um, the opening quote I have chosen says, here began countless days of hunting and snaring, fishing and gathering, roaming together through the woods, unloading our thoughts while we filled our game bags. This was the doorway to both sustenance and sanity. And we were each other's key. Which does remind us that even though at the end, I think it was the right decision for Katniss to kind of like sever her ties with Gail almost. Like they don't see each other anymore. They don't keep in touch as far as we know. Like she, they kind of go their separate ways. I think that's the right call for her and, and healthier for her and just like in general better for everyone. However, that doesn't mean that they were not extremely, extremely close. Which is what I want to start talking about. We know that Katniss didn't like have a lot of friends she kind of thinks that everyone doesn't like her which we go on to learn is not true in fact people actually thought she was kind of cool like Delhi is literally like oh my god everyone always thought Katniss was so cool and we were like all intimidated by her and Katniss is like I think everyone just didn't like me but whatever but Gail and her had been very close and um was like the one person outside of her family more specifically Prim by this point that she like really trusted and so and they have the dynamic between the two of them is like they have this like wordless communication, which is why it is so heartbreaking to see sort of like the their relationship come apart as the series goes on. Because by the end, it's like they don't know how to be around each other. They don't know how to communicate with each other. They don't know how to understand each other when at the beginning, she the two of them could communicate like without words. And that is why they were such good hunting partners, but also why they like got along so well. Um and so I think that we cannot discount the importance of him in her life, like how much she cared about him and, and like genuinely that they might've ended up together had everything not happened. And that's not to say that like, I don't think that she ever loved him. I think that, I don't think that she ever was in love with him in a romantic context, even when she kind of tries to convince herself that she should be, it, it was always that. It was always convincing. I don't think that she ever genuinely felt that for him. She she felt something for him at numerous points, yes, but I don't think it was ever 
romantic love in the context that we think of it as um which is important to note but there there were definitely so like I don't think that I don't think she would have fallen in love with him had she not gone off to the games like I said they still might have ended up together because they were so close and it just seemed like the like obvious choice like every like she mentions once that a lot of people probably like she mentions once that a lot of people probably thought they were gonna like end up getting married like it was just that kind of thing and that's again that's not to say that she couldn't have been happy with him in like another like in another life so to speak um but I don't think that she could ever would ever have loved him in the way that she ends up loving Peta, which is very important and I'll talk more about that later and about like what like the way that his love for her also differed from Peta's and stuff like that um but yeah he, he was extremely important to her he was like one of the few people she truly trusted could really confide in and they did confide in each other because they would sneak out beyond the fence where like in theory they weren't being watched and so they could kind of just say whatever and at this point they probably weren't being watched out there because the capital like simply did not care we only know that they started like um watching them like in catching fire when Katniss had already won and was like posing herself as a problem and because that's when snow is like I know that you guys kissed um and so so they could kind of say whatever to each other and he said like he would say like really rebellious things like he talked about how much he hated the capital he talked about how he wanted to fight like but he wanted a rebellion like stuff like that that would like could have gotten him killed because he always was very much a rebel and a soldier um and we're going to talk about like how there are pros and cons to that. Like, I think that the fact that he wants to fight the Capitol, it's like, good, yay, I support you. Like, we should totally be fighting them. We should totally be trying to push Snow out of power. However, we have to consider, like, how we're going to go about that. And and I'll talk about that a little later. Um, I guess the main, the main thing I want to talk about, which I kept being like, oh, I'm not going to talk about this yet because I want to talk about it in my Gale episode, um, is, like, what what his character, like, what the point of his character is in the story because I think that his character has a very specific and very intentional purpose which is why I think that he is such a well-written character and why I really wanted to talk about him because despite the fact that I really really don't like him um I think that he's done some shitty things it is all very intentional and I don't think that we as the readers are ever being asked to like him maybe towards the beginning you know but like as time goes on we're supposed to see but we're also not supposed to be like he's a villain like he's not supposed to be someone we're not supposed to think of him in the same way that we think think of someone like snow or coin we're supposed to understand his position while also being like you are not doing doing good things right now like you're not this isn't the way we should be doing this and i'll give more detail on what i mean by that which i also think that um i don't know how true this is but I have read that Suzanne Collins originally wanted to put less focus on this like Gail Peter Katniss love triangle thing, if you want to call it that, and more on like the war, which is what the series was actually supposed to be about. But that her editors were like, you should do a little more of this because that's what people want, um, which I have thoughts about. But the point being, I think that some of what makes Gale an interesting character is almost like undercut by the fact that his interactions with Katniss are very toxic and like make you hate him a lot more 
And I'm not saying there's not reason to dislike him outside of that because there definitely is. But I also think it's made worse by the fact that like every time he's like trying, he's like guilting Katniss for like not wanting to like confess whatever feeling she has for him, stuff like that. It like, it's just bad because obviously we're getting this all from her perspective and she's the person that we really care about. And so when you see him kind of treating her like that after everything she's been through, you're like, this is not healthy or good behavior on his part. But in terms of like his character and what it means in, um, in, in a series that is about ultimately about war and about its consequences and the reality of war and not like the glorified idea of it is that, like I said, he is a person who has always wanted to fight literally like his entire life. And so when presented with the actual opportunity to do that, once he, even before he learns about the rebellion, when Katniss is like, I've heard there's uprisings in other districts, he's like, we should, we should be, we should be participating in this. And then like, once he does go to 13 and realize that there actually is like our soldiers and and they're actually going to fight, he is extremely eager to be a part of that. And I think that like, he he's very much a product of like the world that he grows up in right like he that the capital has shown has you been using violence as a way as a means of like suppression of the districts his entire life and long before that in like the lives of everyone he knows and so his natural response is that the only way to combat that is with more violence which in a sense is true. The rebels were never going to be able to win without fighting. Like that is just the reality of it. And that's like the the truth in this series is that even though it's like war is, war is bad, like it's not good for us to be fighting in a war like this. It also was a necessity because the alternative was allowing snow and allowing the capital to remain in power, which was also not good. Um, and but But like he sees violence as like the only answer to an extreme that sometimes like goes too far and what I mean by that is like first of all right from the get-go this scene where he says goodbye to Katniss like when she first is going off to the games and he's like you have a chance at winning this thing and I know what the exact line is in the movie. I can't remember if it's the same in the book but the general gist is still the same is that he's like you you're a hunter like you know how to hunt and how to kill and she's like yeah animals and he says there's no difference Katniss which we could take as him being like you are skilled and capable enough to kill animals you can use that same skill to kill the other tributes however it's a weird thing to say when you really think about it And then we see that in like Mockingjay, how he's using the applications of his hunting traps and snares on people. Like that's like the whole thing with the hummingbirds where it's like we get them into the net and then we snap it shut from the other side. Like things that are originally intended for like hunting purposes, which they like had to hunt growing up. Like they they needed the food. So that is how he like, got into that so to speak um but like now we see him using that on people and it's a little bit of like an ethical issue of like 
what is okay to do to another person even during a war because like there have to be limits to what you're willing to do you know like and and the capital has very clearly displayed that they don't have those limits and that is why they are bad because to them killing children every single year and like hijacking PETA and stuff like that is totally okay and while you know you're gonna have to do some things that are not pretty when fighting a a government like that you have to have a a limit because otherwise you're not any better than them and that is like what we see with coin is like she didn't have that so when she takes power she literally was willing to do the exact same thing that snow had been doing and that's why katniss kills her because she's like this is not any sort of change um speaking of that i'm just saying i would love to know where Gale falls on the whole symbolic Hunger Games thing of like whether he would be as appalled by that idea or whether he would be like no I support this I actually don't really have an answer to that I know it seems like the obvious answer is like oh yeah he would support that but like I don't I don't know I don't think that he would like I don't think that he's that kind of person you know however it is very I am curious about it because especially like in the state that they're in after the war where everyone is so desperate for revenge for the things that have happened to them. It's an interesting thought. And I also think that he can't truly understand what that would mean because he never had to fight in the games. And that's another thing is that like, I'm not saying that him and Katniss could have never worked out because he didn't like firsthand experience the same trauma as her like that's not a requirement for a relationship to work but it's that he never tried to understand how difficult it was for her when she came back instead of like trying to help her he was like I'm in love with you like that literally um no regard for everything that she had just been through and that is where the problem is but back to what I'm saying about war and this gives me and this takes me to um what I was talking a bit about when we were at the end of Mockingjay in terms of like a lot of people are like oh my god I hate Gail he killed Prim and no but also that's not the point because like we don't know if those were his bombs technically we don't even know if it was coin that dropped them like I can give my best guess but it's never actually confirmed because it's all from Katniss's perspective and she never finds out for sure, but she's pretty certain it was coin. We as the readers are too, like, but you know, it still could have all been a trick by snow. But the point being, even if it was coin that dropped those bombs, even if they were Gail's bombs, whatever, he obviously never intended to kill Prim. However, the problem lies in the fact that he had even created a weapon that was capable of that level of destruction. And once Katniss sees it firsthand, she can't ignore the fact that he would have been willing to do something like that, even if this specific instance wasn't him. And because the thing with this weapon is that it's not just bombs, it's the two waves so that a team of medics can be allowed to rush in to help and be killed too. And like specifically targeted, not just killed in the crossfire. And and it's the same with like when they're in District 2 and he's like, we should just like, bomb the outsides of the mountain and and trap everyone inside and she's like okay but not everyone in there is a soldier some of these people are civilians some of these people are our own spies and I think this conversation is very interesting because he says if I were a spy inside that mountain like 
or if I were a rebel inside that mountain, I would say drop the bombs. Like I wouldn't care. And on one hand, he's absolutely telling the truth. Like he would die for this cause. He's more than willing to do that. And Katniss knows that too. And, you know, you can pretty safely infer that, that pretty much any rebel who might be inside that mountain would also be willing to die for the cause. However, and this is what Katniss says, it's a really, I don't remember what the exact word is that she uses, but it's really good. Something like, it's a really like, oh my God, I don't, what does she say? It's not cold. Cold is the word that keeps coming to you. Something like, it's a really cold choice to make for someone else, or it's a really like harsh, I don't know. I don't remember the exact word. I'll go look it up later. Um, but the point being that, like, even if you think the people inside there would be willing to die for this cause, you have no way of asking them and you're making that decision on their behalf. And so it's different than, like, a sacrifice because they didn't have a choice. And again, with, like, there are civilians in there. And if there is a way to allow them to get to safety, which they figure out there is, like, that's why they leave the train tunnel open. Why would we not do that? And Gail's basically like, OK, well we didn't have that luxury. Gail's, the thing is that he always justifies his actions by like, what would the capital do? And that is obviously a very flawed way of thinking. Like he's like, when, when they firebomb 12, we didn't have that luxury. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why they're the bad guys. <laughs> like, that's why we're fighting them. And so when you use that to justify using the same tactics, that's when it becomes a problem. Um, and that's why, like, I, I love, I talked about this when I talked about the movies, how they altered this dialogue to have him be like, and this actually goes back to what I was saying about when he's like, killing the other tributes, killing animals, there's no difference. When Gail's like, this is war, Katniss, sometimes killing isn't personal. I figured if anyone knew that it was you, and she says, I of all people know that it is always personal. Because like, he just, it's just that with him, violence is kind of always the answer and there are times in the series where violence does end up being the answer but not all the time and like he never seems to grasp that and he doesn't really like feel the weight of of killing in the way that Katniss does and part of that is because what she's experienced in the games but part of that is like a fundamental difference in the way that they perceive the world and the war. And so it's very hard for her, the two of them to even like exist around each other at that point because everything feels like a disagreement. And and like she can't condone some of the things that he is doing. And so that's what I was saying with like Prim is like it doesn't matter to her. I mean, like it it does matter to her if it was his bomb that killed Prim or not, but at the end of the day, it kind of doesn't because like she'll never be able to look at him the same way again. She'll always be thinking about like. He created a weapon that was capable of that, even even if it wasn't in this exact circumstance, his weapon, but like it could have been. And like, it's not just about Prim either. How many other children, innocent children died? Because these children are innocent because they're young children who are capital citizens, yes, but like they're literally children. They're not the reason any of this is happening. And, and I talk about this too, like children being like, the actually innocent victims and everything that's going on. And then we literally see this whole like group of kids be killed as a tactic, as a strategy. And so that's the other thing is like, even if Prim hadn't been in there, even if Prim hadn't died, like still so many kids did because of a weapon 
that either was created by Gale or was identical to one he created. And she also didn't like the idea of that weapon when he first presented it either. That's when she says, like, I guess there aren't any rules anymore for what someone can do to another human being. And once again, Gale says, I don't think that Snow used any rule book when he hijacked PETA. Once again, using the Capitol's justification to justify his own actions. And I'm like, do you not see the problem with this, sir? Like, I just, anyway. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, that becomes the biggest issue between the two of them. Coupled with the fact that, let's just talk about this now. He loves her in a, a very selfish way. Whereas PETA always loves her in a very selfless way. And that's not to say that like PETA cared about her, Gail didn't, but they cared about her in very different ways. And in a way that like Gail, the way that Gail cared about her was never going to like be good for her, if that makes any sense. So like he, first of all, I always think about when he tells her about the first time that he realized he actually had feelings for her was when they were in the hob and Darius was like joking about kissing her. And he was like, oh, I actually have a problem with this. So, like, first of all, when he first realizes it is out of jealousy. And there's always a lot of jealousy where, like, Peta, of course, would feel jealous of Katniss's relationship with Gail. Like, it's only natural. He's in love with her. She is maybe in love with someone else. Like, of course, you would be jealous. But he is able to, like, manage that on his own. And Gail is really not. And he makes it Katniss's problem. And he, like, blames her for it, even though she's like, I literally did not have a choice in pursuing this romance with PETA. Like, it was, it was just, it was for our survival at first. And then it was because the Capitol was like, we will literally kill everyone you care about if you don't keep this up. And she tells him that. She's like, I literally did not have a choice. And he's like, oh, but like, you just beat up. Oh my gosh. When they literally had never been anything other than platonic before the games either. Like, this would be a different conversation if they had, like, been together. I still don't think he would be justified in, in like, the way he treats her after the games because we know that it was a survival tactic. Um, but still, they there had never been anything romantic between them before this. Maybe he had feelings for her, whatever. They never discussed it. Nothing had ever happened so then when she comes back, he has absolutely no right to be mad at her. And he is. That's the other thing. PETA, like, he, PETA, here's the thing. At the beginning of Catching Fire, PETA is a little bit, like, upset as he has the right to be because she, he thought that she actually loved him back, but she revealed that it was all just for the games. And he, st he does kind of guilt trip her a little bit for that. Like, he makes a few comments, but immediately after he apologizes and he's like, I'm sorry, that wasn't fair of me. And, like, I and like yeah it's like okay maybe you shouldn't have said what you said but one he does apologize and own up to it and also he has a right to be hurting and he's still he's also still a teenager and like sometimes people don't act perfectly surprising the defense is that Gail literally never owns up to it and never apologizes and continues to make her feel bad about it yeah like far into mocking Jay like when they're back in district 12 and she kisses him and he's like I knew you would do that. Why would you ever say something like that to someone where you're standing in the ruins of your old home where like the majority of your people have died and you're like, I'm just like the guy in the hanging tree when you think about it. That line makes me so mad. 
livid. He's like, I'm starting to feel like that guy in the hanging tree, like waiting for an answer. Uh, don't, don't open your mouth, sir. Especially because I won't spoil it, but I have read Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Okay. Shut your mouth. <laughs> like if you've read that book, you know what I'm referring to. Right. But like, even if you haven't, you will, you'll understand soon. But yeah, it's like, what, like, what is wrong with you? Genuinely, I don't understand why, what would possess you to say that to her in that circumstance. And then again, later when he's like, it's like kissing someone who's drunk. Shut up. Do you hear yourself when you speak? And then the, like, it's even worse in the book too, because like, I've seen people be like, Gail was worse in the movies. I'm like, no, he wasn't. He was not. He was worse in the book. If only for the scene where he's like, jealous of Katniss and Finnick. literally just because a man is like interacting with her is friends with her does not mean that they are gonna like kiss on the mouth like first of all Finnick is in a like very committed relationship he like literally gets married in this novel and also what like when he's like I was worried that like maybe Finnick had his eye on you and Katniss is like you're stupid she literally says like you don't know Finnick if you think he would ever love me or something like that. Basically being like, you're an idiot. And like, it's so ridiculous. Like, why, like it, keep that to yourself even. Like, even if you look at her and Finnick and you're like, oh, I'm a little jealous. She does not need to know about it. She doesn't need to hear that. Keep it to yourself. Manage your own feelings, sir. Like, it's not her problem. She didn't do anything wrong. Like, I, it's ridiculous. And then, yeah, of course, the obvious one being when he's like, I'm literally jealous of Peta for getting tortured because like you give him so much attention. Okay, you go get tortured then. After and the nerve to say that after you literally were criticizing Peta for what he was saying on the air after he had been tortured and being like, I would never do that. Okay. Okay, let's see. Prove it. Like I literally don't want to hear it. It's just ridiculous. And the, the thing is that like Peta never had any issue with Gail. Like, I think he, he even says to Katniss, like, oh no, no, Gail says to Katniss, like, I wish he were easier to dislike. And I get, like, wanting to dislike someone who you're, like, not competing with, but, like, you know, seeing, like, the, the girl you love having to be romantic with another guy or, like, vice versa in PETA's situation. Like, I get it. However, PETA has never been anything but good to Gail. Like, he literally stepped in at Gail's whipping like that is something that like and that's what kind of says to him he's like girl he literally defended you like I don't it's so ridiculous and yeah but that goes back to what I'm saying about like if Gail had it his way Peta would not be a part of Katniss's life but Peta would never want Gail to be out of Katniss's life until that was what she wanted because he knew how much she cared about him and acknowledged that and wanted her to have a friend like that because he loved her in a selfless way, which is more than can be said for Gail. And that's when, like, like in that conversation they have in Mockingjay, when Gail's like, no, you gave up everything for her. Maybe that's the only way to show her you love her. Katniss never asked Peter to give up anything for her. And that is not why she, she doesn't fall in love with him because she's like, oh, he's, he, like, does all these things for me. I want him to keep doing those things for me. That, like, it is a factor because she loves the fact that he's so selfless and like that is a big part of what she loves about him but like it's so Gail your vibes are so rancid I'm sorry like I know I said this wasn't gonna be like just me hating on him but I'm not I'm not being just like I hate him like I actually have like I have the evidence okay I have the quotes like I have the receipts 
it's just like really embarrassing for him especially when you remember that he is two years older than them so like you have no excuse for why you're acting like a high schooler and Peter Malark is acting like an adult even after he gets hijacked girly embarrassing embarrassing it's really embarrassing for him like I need him to think about what he's saying because it has a negative impact on Katniss and we know it does because once she goes back to district 12 at the end and she finds out that Gail is not coming back she's like why am I relieved I only feel relief not sadness not anger anything just relief very telling yeah but when Peta comes back she's like oh I finally feel complete again she doesn't say that I'm just like context clues um and that's what the like I don't understand when people are like I was team Gail I'm like did you not read the last page of Mockingjay before the epilogue um where she literally says what I need to survive is not Gail's fire kindled with rage and hatred okay the way that I literally have this memorized because one it's life-changing and also because it was my phone lock screen for like ever now it's a picture of me and my girlfriend but it was this before that for a long time so I stared at it every day and she's literally and it literally says me when I quote it from memory what I need to survive is not Gail's fire kindled with rage and hatred I have plenty of fire myself acknowledging that she has that like streak of anger that he has she just manages it in a very different way in a better way in my opinion um and then she says what I need is the dandelion in the spring all that stuff you know what I mean you know what I'm talking about the bright yellow that means rebirth instead of destruction the promise that life could go on anyway sorry I just think about it all the time like I literally did not get a tattoo the last line of that page to not talk about it and have it memorized but it literally says in the simplest terms right there. And there are a lot of other reasons why like her and Gail were never going to work out, whatever. It's spread throughout the entire series. But it's literally right there in the last page. And if you just read it and think about it, you're like, oh, obviously. So the way that some people are still like, I was team Gail. How? And I'm not talking about like, you read the series for the first time as a 10-year-old and you were like, I like Gail. Because like, you were 10. I'm talking about people like there like there were a lot of people who read this when they were very young and who were like I was team Gail then but now I'm an adult and I realize that it should be Vita. Yeah. But like to to genuinely still be like I'm team Gail. That's embarrassing because there isn't a team Gail. That is the entire point is that it could have never been him. The idea of like having teams implies that like she could have ended up with either one of them and been happy. She could never have been happy with Gail. Period end of sentence not up for debate I don't even this isn't even like even if she had never been picked for the games still no still no and I will die on this hill like anyway I'm getting a little too heated (laughs) point being Gail you're a flop I'm so sorry it's true though and I have given the evidence I have given the evidence um anyway but despite all of that I do think that Gail is a very well-written and interesting character, especially in terms of what his character represents in terms of like war, violence, death, rebellion, like those things that I talked about. I think that it is very fascinating and I do like talking about it. Um, 
but I also think that you have to acknowledge the like his relationship with Katniss and the things that he says to her because she is the main character this is all being told through her perspective and she is a young girl and so like we um we can't ignore like the actual emotional impact that that has on her and it makes her life so much more difficult when her life is already extremely difficult she's literally carrying the weight of this entire rebellion on her shoulders and he has the nerve to be like but what about my feelings? Also, like, sir, you also have a war to fight in. Can you maybe, like, get your priorities straight? And can we talk about this later? Like, it's so, it's so harrowing. Um, but yeah, so that's that. That's, that's, that's my thoughts on him with my reasoning. So now whenever you listen back to my episodes, I don't know why you would do that. Like, I'm, it's not. But if you did, and all the times I'm like, I hate Gail. Here's why. Here's why. Because I think that everyone is like, I hate Gail. And I'm like, so true, as you should. But like, the real reasoning behind it is there. It's in the text. And it is very intentional. Susan Collins wrote him like this on purpose, like is all I'm saying. It was not an accident that everyone hates him and loves PETA. It really was not. And also like, if a man acted like that to me in real life, I would slap him. Like, some of the things he says to Katniss, I'm like, girl, you're stronger than me because I would have literally hit him by now. Like, <sighs> I rest my case. <laughs> this was this has been my persuasive speech on why Gail Hawthorne, why I don't like Gail Hawthorne. And if you still like him after listening to this, perhaps reconsider. Perhaps reconsider. And I'm not talking about liking his character. I'm talking about being like, he slayed. He didn't, guys. He didn't. He flopped. Um, now for my closing quote. Oh, I did kind of talk about this earlier, so it's relevant. Um, I'm not even going to say what book it's from. You already know. It says, back in the old days when we were nothing more than a couple of kids hunting outside of 12, Gail said things like this and worse, but then they were just words. Here, put into practice, they'd become deeds that can never be reversed. And this is referring to all the times when he talked about, like, how he wanted to fight the capital and, like, in specifics about that. But now, like, again, like, it is becoming, it is becoming real. And, like, actual lives are on the line. It's not just, like, sitting in a strategy room talking about it. It's, like, these actual strategies being implemented and people are dying. And, like, maybe that doesn't have the weight to him that it should. And I'm not saying that some of those deaths, like, were necessary, especially when it's, like, capital soldiers. It's, like, we, we, I mean, we're in a war. Like, these things have to happen. But, like, even in those circumstances, it doesn't have the weight that it should to him. Like, he doesn't take it, he almost doesn't take it as seriously as he should. Like, I think that he takes the fight against the Capitol extremely seriously. It's what he's wanted his entire life. But, like, the actual losses that are happening, I don't think that he fully processes, like, how many people are dying and, like, the actual consequences that that has which is why he is so eager to kill and come up with these plans that are going to result in a lot of death and like not feel guilty for it. Whereas Katniss, when these things are happening, feels nothing but guilt. And she still feels guilt for every single person that either she has killed or has contributed to their death, even unintentionally, even if she had to, like, even if she literally had no other choice, which in many circumstances was the case, she still feels guilty for it. Like she still feels guilty for killing Marvel, even though he had literally just killed Rue. Whereas Gail, we don't like, I don't even want to think about how many people he has either directly or indirectly killed. And again, some of those might have been necessary, but like, 
do you think that he feels bad about any of it? Probably not. And that's kind of telling. It's kind of alarming. I feel like this episode wasn't very long. I don't know. I do have things to say about him, but like at the end of the day, I feel that I have summed it all up. So maybe this will be a bit of a shorter episode. Sorry. Um, don't worry though, because next week we're getting into ballad. Girl, those chapters are long. And I have 5,000 things to say. So get ready. Um, it's going to be a crazy time to be a listener of this podcast, especially because like ballad marketing is starting to ramp up. We got that poster, which is gorgeous. Allegedly, we can be expecting a trailer any day now. Um, when that happens, you will not hear the end of me. I will literally be the most annoying person you've ever seen in your life. And then obviously, as we get closer to the movie, there will be more and more of that stuff. I can't wait. I cannot wait. It is going to be perhaps the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, but yeah, so uh, everyone go grab your copy of Mockingjay and reread that last page just to feel something. That is what I will be doing again, as if I don't literally have it memorized. Um, but still, I need to reread it anyway. So yeah, maybe next time when you're like, Team Gail, Team Peta, I like Gail, blah, blah, blah. maybe just think. Just, just think about it. Um, and think about like how the book is asking us to perceive Gail because it is, like I said, very intentional. Um, and so it's weird to just kind of disregard that. I, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of preaching to the choir. Like if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing that you're not like Gail's biggest supporter, but just in case, just in case, um, I'm just putting it out there. Thanks for joining me this week on Tales of Panem. Next week, I'll be starting the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And for those of you reading along with me, I'll be covering chapters one through five. If you have any specific questions or topics you'd like me to cover, you can DM them to me on any social media or send them to my email, which is talesofpanem at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would be very appreciated. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back next week.